It's the Cavaliers Basketball Club Podcast. It's basketball time in the cube. Love picks up Curry. The shoot around. Welcome to the show. Since we last talked, Garland came back and looked great, helping the Cavs beat the Celtics in their third OT of the season, 114 to 113. The team then pounded the Pistons 112 to 188, all while getting Donovan and Darius some well-deserved rest. And now they just beat the LeBron-led Lakers in LA, 114 to 100. We're less than 10 games in, but it's getting pretty exciting. Are you feeling as much optimism about what's to come this year as I am, Colin? I feel that excitement, Adam. We knew this team was going to be a heck of a squad, but eight wins in a row to start the season is beyond anything I expected. Also, that win against LeBron was the first one since Baron Davis was on the team, which, if you don't remember, was over a decade ago, if that makes you feel old. Everything makes me feel old. (laughs) so the national media is giving the Cavs love with Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons talking about how awesome their win versus Boston was which as we know Bill Simmons is a big Boston fan so if he's giving any love to the Cavs you know we deserve it it feels pretty good seeing the Cavs get all of this early attention but what have you been hearing I've been hearing a lot of love as well I think that Both of these personalities were praising how the Cavs play. With all the drama that's been going on in the NBA right now, Brooklyn, uh, a lot of NBA writers have been searching for a team that is a feel-good team and everybody gets along and wants everybody to have success on that team, which is really cool to see. And you and I talked about it before the season. We'll continue to talk about it, but... It really does seem like this squad, every single player enjoys making sure that everyone has success and then they'll all move forward as a team. So that's what I've been hearing is that the Cavs are a really good, feel good, chemistry driven team. I think we've been seeing this slowly play out from afar for Mm -hmm. the better part of three seasons, you and I. I've been telling people around me for the last two years prior that, hey, the Cavs are, are good. You've got to pay attention to this squad. You've got to look at this young team. They give me hope again for the game. They make me want to watch. They're exciting. They're dynamic. They love playing together. They love the game. You know, Even though their egos probably play a role, I can't tell. It's been so refreshing because of the Dion Waiter, Kyrie Irving years, and then even some of the the negatives of having a LeBron-led Cavs again. Mm-hmm. This team has none of that baggage. It has none of it. Mm-hmm. And we can just kind of enjoy the journey as they grow up together and play cohesive team-led basketball. 
and almost every night, yeah, it's usually Donovan leading the charge. But then it could be three or four other guys right behind him in double figures. And there's always one guy every night behind him and you know, with a double double or flirting with a triple double. Now that Garland is back, we're really gonna start seeing the full potential of this team. And we're gonna get further into it in this episode, but you said it at the top, an eight oh record after that first loss to start the year. And that was a real rough game and we horribly officiated, you know, just about lost our point guard for the season to a gouged out eyeball. And since then, we've seen an 8-0 run and some of the best basketball that I think the Cavs can muster in such an early phase of, of the year. And they're doing what they've done consistently under a JB-led team, which is they come out, they play solid defense, and they actually are starting to now prove that they can be just as solid on the offensive side by adding a piece like Mitchell, who I guess decided he's going to put up 30 a night now. I'm just, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to put up 30 tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Appreciate that you turned it on now. Usually people come to the Cavs mm-hmm. and forget how to play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Darius Garland came back to get the start against the Celtics. He put up 29 points and 12 assists to help lead the team to an overtime win. In his start against the Lakers he put up 24 points and added 7 assists. How do you think he's been able to have such an immediate impact in these games? Well, as you talked about earlier, Darius went down in that first game against Toronto, and I wasn't sure when he was going to come back. I was really pleasantly surprised when he came back against the Celtics. And for him to put up 29 points on with 12 assists was just awesome. And I think a big reason for that was the team was able to establish a look and a feel before he came back. During his injury, he was able to see how good these players are and how they fit and gel off of Donovan. Darius can do a lot of things that Donovan can do. He can't do everything. He can't fly in for a monster dunk or or block a guy, uh, do a chase down block. But he can see the game a lot like Donovan does. So I think that was helpful that he had a little bit of a blueprint to settle in and the offense could do that. The Celtics game was interesting because they had, it was kind of like a playoff atmosphere. They only had about eight guys playing each team. And to end that game, you had Dean Wade come in and have great defense against Brown on that last second shot. And that is showing how the rest of the team trusts a guy like Dean Wade. Then you go into the Pistons game, which you mentioned at the top, where Darius and Donovan weren't even in there. But again, these two young guards are able to see how good this team is, how much their depth and the trust that everybody has with each other helps them. So against the Pistons, Allen led the Cavs with 23 points and Love added another 21 off the bench. Those are two guys who you would not think going into the season would have a game like that together. Maybe individually, you know, in separate games, but for them to have that together was just awesome to see with the lakers you had mitchell put down 33 points and as we mentioned darius added another 24 and the team was really led by the guards against the lakers (laughs) it is so hard to like put into one small sentence but 
all of these wins are a microcosm of the team playing as a greater holistic approach. And it's a guard-led team, and Darius is able to fit into that because of the fact he's able to see how all these other players go on the floor and connect with each other, and that's how they get the success. And I'm amazed by how comfortable he is right now because of the fact that he's still playing with only really one good eye. Definitely dodged a giant bullet and very happy to see him back. And of course, it uh, jumpstarts the process of getting to see the team as constituted as what we had hoped to see to start the year. Um, it gets us back into that fun space of, hey, we've got 73-some games left, and what can we really turn into in this season alone, knowing that we've got at least th three more seasons left after this to figure out what we're going to be together as a team. And I know the media was hesitant, other than Kendrick Perkins, to come out and <laughs> declare that we were going to be one of the best in the East, if not possibly going to the finals by the end of the year. We may be the only ones that agreed that said, hey, there's a chance. And I think it's because mm -hmm. we know that this team has been slowly building the talent to compete at a high level and really only needed a piece like Donovan Mitchell to be added. And we just could not know. No one could know. And you're even seeing it from the punditry across the NBA. Donovan Mitchell brought his best game to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And we couldn't be more pleased that he's turning it on so quickly now i would only just point to some of the things that i said at the beginning of the year which is okay now that we've gotten the man and we see his intangibles and we know what he can provide to the team his winning ways are enough to make him valuable but just the fact that he's coming and pouring on 30 point games most of the night that he's out there that is truly the piece that we needed to propel us into a playoff contender and possibly a finals contender because after getting a piece like Jared Allen and after Garland leveling up the way that he did last year and the amount of real world on the court experience that our bench players have had to see due to all mm -hmm. the injuries that we've had. We are just a very strong team top to bottom. And most yeah. people don't know that because they've just not been paying attention. What you saw out of the Lakers game tonight is why they went after a guy like Mitchell because he was a huge reason why the Cavs were able to stay in the game in the first half against the Lakers because it seemed like he was the only one that realized that the game was going to be at 3.30 in the first quarter in the first half because the rest of the guys just seemed sluggish. They seemed out of sync. And Donovan, he is just that guy on the floor that... Everyone who is playing against him realizes he can get a bucket in any possession or get a steal or a stop. He's that impactful right now. And there's just like an aura around him in the sense of how the rest of the team looks at him and interacts with him because they have that type of confidence in him for sure. Yeah, when you know that you've got a guy that's going to come out and give you 25, 30 a night, what else can you do after that? I mean, geez, all you need are two or three other guys to step up. And this team is six, seven deep with the kind of talent that can step up and, and assist a guy like Mitchell. Looking at the box scores every night, we probably should be losing these games. 
But the difference maker is a 30-point-a-night guy. And those intangibles that he brings, that winning ways mentality that we talk about, that he's just got this entire team on his back believing in anything being possible. And i got to give him that credit because I, I didn't see that on this team prior to his arrival. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's Lopez's addition that made that difference. So we've got to give it to Mitchell. Well, he came in against the Lakers because Allen fouled. He Allen had three fouls in the first half, and he did some. He put in some solid minutes. I like having a seven footer of that size on the floor at times because he's he's a big he's a big man. Yeah, you know, all joking aside, he brings a lot of veteran leadership to the bench, which we need in that position because Evan Mobley and his brother, and even in some cases Allen, they're still young to the game. They're still figuring mm-hmm. out where they belong and and how to be dominant on the court and lopez is a steely vet he knows how to how to play out there so yeah he's a goofball obviously the team is playing well and a big reason for that is they are shooting over 40 percent from three if that drops off are you concerned that will cause them to lose some of these games well obviously we know that Mitchell's not going to continue to shoot 42%, 43% from three. You're not going to see Donovan Mitchell shoot in that range either or Jetty Osmond or any of those guys. They're all going to come back down to earth, and we said that to start the season. But it's been interesting. I mean, I noticed during the preseason they were shooting consistently around 42%. I wouldn't be shocked if they flirt with those numbers more often than not. This is a league now that prioritizes the three plays are now consistently run for the three because if you're talking about four feet in one direction might as well just move the player a little further and get one extra point nowadays centers and power forwards can hit them so it really doesn't surprise me that you're starting to see teams shoot them at a higher rate or a higher consistency percentage wise and we're going to benefit from that too we're going to be seeing that as well as as a team that plays in that modern era part of me is a little saddened because i really enjoyed the way we were playing last season kind of inside out basketball something that is more akin to the 90s or early 2000s of what i kind of grew up watching what i've noticed in a few games this year when we've struggled from the three and i could really point to the two out of the last three games where we played the Celtics and then the Lakers, we struggled from three. I think we're finding that we're out shooting our opponents. So we're taking shots quicker within the 24 second shot clock. We're defending the ball better. We're getting more steals. We're getting more turnovers. That's also helping with getting more shots up. And then I think we're also seeing them turn into an inside out team when they need to. They revert to dumping the ball inside to Allen or to Mobley. They do more screens or pick and rolls to drive the point guard inside and kick the ball back out and kind of spread the ball around a little bit more and keep the defense guessing. They've been good at pivoting their direction and changing their style when needed. And um, aside from maybe the Orlando Magic game and maybe one other where they've gotten a little bit too enamored with one style, you know, shooting threes, for example, I think they've done a decent job taking what, when teams kind of show a weakness by the third or fourth quarter, I think we start to exploit that weakness. 
And really, the only reason why I see us struggling in the future is if we get out of character moving forward and we have a game where we just insist that the three is going to go down even though it won't. So as long as we fall back on what we know we're good at when those things aren't happening, I think we're too diverse of a team for that to be our Achilles heel. I think all of the points that you made were spot on, and I think that the numbers will level out, especially from three. But you're right. This team is so diverse in how it attacks opponents that they can go inside. They have players that can make shots from the mid-range as well. Levert, who hasn't been shooting great from the floor, is historically known as a better mid-range shooter. So you have Levert, you have Darius. Donovan has shown a propensity to do that. Mobley, when he's on, has one of the prettiest turnaround jumpers in the league. So you can hit some of those mid-range shots in addition if you are faltering from the three-point line. This team's defense is just phenomenal. I mean, against the Pistons, Mobley had eight blocks. And that was a franchise record for the Cavs. He's the youngest player to have that many blocks. And that's just something that they are just going to be able to hang their hat on. That's something that is still the same from last year. You're right, they're not as inside out as they were, but they're definitely still a defensive-minded team. They're a top five defense in the NBA right now, and they are going to continue to hang their hat on that. So I would be more concerned if their defense was slipping than if their three-point shooting leveled off. And I think you're right. Levert is chasing that 41-point performance he had against the Celtics. He's got to calm himself down and just get back to doing what he does best. Um, and I think the game against the Lakers, especially in the second half, he started showing a little, little bit more of that patience. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. he'll, he'll get going on that. Yeah, Mobley, what, what are you going to say? I mean, it's been a little bit of a slow start to the season from what I thought we would see of him. But at the same time, this team is so deep and you're getting such amazing performances from the rest of the cast that guys like Mobley and Okoro and others can kind of sit back and, and get lost some nights. Mobley, I think, is, is doing his best to step up and meet the needs of the team. The fact that he was such a juggernaut on defense that night, I love how... Allen went over and told him, hey, you got eight blocks. And and he looked down at the, the box score and saw it and, and was surprised he, he wasn't keeping track. It just goes to show that he's got the right mentality. They all have the right mentality of just put your head down, do your job, keep hustling, don't pay attention to the numbers, you know, let it all play out when the whistle blows at the end of the game. Um, you can look at it then. I think there's going to be a lot of nights that he's going to look down at the box score and be surprised. Oh, I did that? For me, I was just kind of tickled a little bit because we said that he would lead in blocks this year, and Allen has just been blowing him yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for those eight blocks. That was uh, that gets him a little bit closer. But Yeah, hopefully that'll help us with our early season prediction. And something, too, that we didn't really bring up, and I think that we should just uh, while we have a little bit of time, what an amazing early indication to the start of the year that when we play a team that is poor in the rankings, most likely is not going to do much this season, doesn't have the talent to really run with the top dogs, and frankly we're now in that conversation, just the idea that we could play the Pistons and say, 
oh, you know, we're going to rest our best guys tonight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And we're still going to blow you out. <laughs> we're still going to have Kevin Love come off the bench and get a double-double. We're still going to have Jared Allen come out and score 23 points, which I've been waiting for him to have one of those nights. I think it just goes to show that he could have more of those nights if he needed or if he wanted. But this mm-hmm. team is so deep and there's so many other options and they're so selfless with one another that, uh, as we stated at the beginning of the year, because of the team as constructed, you could really see us winning with our bench. And look, we kind of did. Yeah. And uh, and imagine when we get Rubio back. That having Rubio would be so awesome. Also, just a shout out to Lamar Stevens, who got 19 minutes in that Pistons game. Didn't do a ton offensively, but was able to fluster the Pistons on defense a ton of times just by breaking up drives, getting in front of guys, and was able to curtail what the Pistons were trying to do on quite a few possessions, which was fun to see that a guy who only had maybe nine total minutes before the game came in and just was like, nope, I'm an NBA player. Yeah, I'm I'm the 11th man, whatever. Doesn't matter. You're still not going to do what you want to do on offense, which is awesome to see. And I got to point out to JB, just an unbelievable job in that game, too, of managing minutes. He's been doing it the whole season, but with the Pistons game and being shorthanded without your two best guys, and really almost everybody that went out there averaged around 20, 25 minutes for the game. Yeah. You, you got nine guys, and they all had about that those minutes on average. It's textbook. Amazing. The final seconds. We got a sample of what the Cavs might do for their rotations in the playoffs in the Celtics game. With Wade, Love, and Osmond being the primary backups, would you want a different rotation? Currently, no. I, I guess I can't say that I would. Simply because if Okoro is going to struggle the way that he has, I don't know who else to mention. Now, obviously, when Rubio comes back, this team is going to look a lot different. Because suddenly Neto's not going to get the minutes that he's seeing. And on a night that Rubio goes off and scores 20, 25 points, who knows what the rest of the team looks like at that point. I'd say the one interesting person mentioned in the question is Wade. And we know entering the year that they had intention to play him more often, especially at the three. And coming into the season, after the first eight games, he's averaging five more minutes a night. He's shooting about one more shot a night, and his field goal percentage is up about 0.08%, and he's shooting from three at 50%. Dean is really contributing the way that I think that the Cavs envisioned, and if he continues to come out and contribute the way that he has, I think that he's going to be a primary option moving forward. We're going to be seeing his name called more often than Kevin's. And I kind of felt that over the last two years that just his three-point shooting alone and the way he spaces himself on the court, he reminds me of a young Kevin Love in the way that he takes those threes. And he's very consistent from the outside. So, uh, yeah, well, these three guys are, are really playing uh, to their potential. And if they continue to do that, then they're all we really need for a solid playoff rotation at the end of the year. 
Donovan Mitchell now has 251 total points this season, more than any player through their first eight games in the wine and gold, passing legends like Austin Carr, World Be Free, and one LeBron James. What has this short start meant to you as a lifelong Cavs fan? To me, it's meant that Donovan puts his money where his mouth is. He talked about wanting to show the rest of the NBA what he can do. He talked about being frustrated with how the season ended last year for the Jazz and for him, and he felt like he wasn't playing up to his potential. You hear that from a lot of guys. You hear, oh, I did this shot in the offseason, and I changed what I'm eating and, and all that. And Donovan came in here hungrier than we could have even imagined. And I'm just floored by it. It's just phenomenal to see. I, I also think, too, that it shows how well Kobe Altman knows how to construct a roster. It's such a fun way to see a team built, to see how this whole team has been constructed, because... JB and Kobe understand what they needed to do to make this team successful. And getting Donovan wasn't just about, oh, we need a splashy player. Oh, we need a guy that shoots and gets buckets. It's more than that because he's a leader clearly off the floor. He has playoff experience, so he is kind of more of a seasoned veteran. There are all these extra intangibles. And I really credit Kobe and JB for understanding what they had last year and what they needed to do to progress into this season. So it's just really fun as a Cavs fan to see all of this. Thank you for listening to the Cavaliers Basketball Club podcast. Let's go Cavs!